interesting too. Doctors are blown away by it mm-hmm. because a lot of times the communities will have their doctor rounding or their nurse practitioner rounding, and they're like, "What is this?" And I'm like, "Look, I've got studies, and I'll send you." Yeah. And doctors will say, "I would love to have a baby for my office, just oh. to have in the waiting room that says, yeah. you know, with a QR code, learn about dementia doll therapy." Welcome to Aging in Style, the podcast dedicated to celebrating aging and what it takes to do it well. I'm Lori Williams. I'm a certified senior advisor and senior housing expert. In each episode, you'll learn stories of older adults who are thriving in their 70s, 80s, 90s, and in some cases, in their hundreds. Whether you're an older adult or the child of an older adult, this podcast is filled with insightful resources, organizations that are doing incredible work, and stories that will inspire you to volunteer, learn, and who knows, maybe even skydive in your golden years. Hi, welcome to today's episode of Aging in Style. We have something so special to share with you today. And I know I say that a lot, but this one just truly touched my heart when I learned about this project, which was maybe about three or four weeks ago, I actually learned about it. And I just knew I had to talk to the founder and have her on the podcast to talk about this project. So it is called The Grandbaby Project. And it is founded by Tanya Moon, and she's here on the podcast. We're going to talk all about it. But what it is, is it's a nonprofit focused on making the lives of those suffering from dementia more enjoyable. And Tanya came about doing this through her grandmother. It's totally inspired by her grandmother, and she'll tell the story on the podcast. But, you know, she discovered we don't really have much in the United States for dementia doll therapy. In other countries, they are working with this and seeing wonderful results. But it's really, you know, has not gone mainstream here in the U.S. So she has seen with her own eyes how beneficial it was to her grandmother and to all the other people whose lives she is touching through this project. And I just think it's going to grow across the United States just in leaps and bounds. So I am so honored to have her as a guest on the podcast and to have her tell her story and talk all about the project. Without further ado, welcome, Tanya. Thank you. Thank you so much. So let's just kind of jump into it. And can you just share with us what is the Grandbaby Project? Well, it's definitely my passion project. Um, The Grandbaby Project is a nonprofit that I founded a couple of years ago in honor of my grandmother, Ruby. So my grandmother suffered greatly with dementia the last several years of her life. And, you know, at the time, I didn't really know anything about dementia. I did not work in the medical field like I do now. And so it was all very new to us. Um, She was always a very strong, independent, but compassionate person. And dementia affected her in really the opposite manner. She really suffered with lots of agitation anxiety, tremendous worry. Before we actually moved her into a community, she was convinced there was a man living in the chimney. I mean, Mm. and Mm -hmm. she was terrified, terrified. And she became very assertive and aggressive. And it became more and more challenging to deal with her behaviors, obviously. And so she moved into a community and uh, it, it was not like it is now where you have these beautiful different memory care communities. When she was alive, she's been gone quite some time, but basically uh, people with dementia or Alzheimer's were put on the long-term 
hallway in a skilled nursing center if there was a bed available yeah. and and you you know paid with their social security or privately or whatever and that was it and so controlling her behaviors became a real challenge and a, and a real issue um this was also back when medication regulations were a lot looser so as dementia continues to affect more and more people we see the regulations around medication tightened up but we'll talk about that in a second so anyway her behaviors became really difficult to control and we brought her a baby doll with the thought that she loved her grandkids so much and um, my mom and aunts and uncles used to always just brag and say, you know, she loves her grandkids way more than she loves us. <laughs> I'm not a grandparent, but I've heard, you know, yeah. I, I've heard all about that love, right? And <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, the love of a grandchild. And so we, uh, we could do no wrong. Anyway, we gave her a baby doll just with the thought that it would hopefully offer some type of a distraction. We had used the battery operated animals, a little dog, a little cat. And those worked for a while, but you have to really stay on top of the batteries (laughs) because if batteries go out, at least my experience, my grandmother thought the cat died in her bed. Oh my goodness. And so it it became- That's horrifying. We had to Mm -hmm. go in a whole different direction. So anyway, we got the idea just bring her a baby doll because she loved grandbaby, her grandkids really, and um, loved babies. And so everything became about her baby. It really became her purpose. It was how we were able to get her to eat more. It was how she stopped wandering so much. It was how she stopped fighting, you know, the caregivers when they were trying to give her a shower. And it was, Nanny, you have to take a shower because you have to be clean to hold the baby. And Mm -hmm. so everything in her little bubble of a dementia world started revolving around her baby. And that's really where the whole program launched from. I knew within, you know, several days of her having the baby that there would come a time when I would launch a project like mm-hmm. this. Um, my, my grandmother's it inspired me in so many different ways. Um, caring for her and being a part of her dementia journey um, changed the whole course of my professional career. Now I work in dementia and I work in hospice and I've done it for almost 15 years. And so I always knew that someday I would, I would launch a, a, the project. I was just waiting on the right time. And that time was when my only child uh, left for college. So <laughs> I was like, well, now I got time. And I didn't know if how it would work. I, I really didn't know how it would go over. Um, I spent about two years doing a ton of research. Doll dementia therapy is not very big in the United States. It is huge in the United Kingdom. And it's very big in Australia. It hasn't really made its way to us yet. Mm-hmm. Um, although play therapy for children with things like autism is very popular, yeah. it hasn't really made its way into the senior world yet. And there are two schools of thought. Um, one school of thought is that it's a negative, that the person with dementia is already living in kind of a broken reality. So why would you encourage or exploit that? The other school of thought, which is my school of thought, because I witnessed it up close and personal, is People with advanced dementia live in the moment and your driving purpose as a human being does not go away when you get a dementia diagnosis. And I think that so many people forget that. Absolutely. And if in a moment of agitation or anxiety or being afraid or scared, 
results in holding a baby doll and rocking it and calming down and bringing you peace, I mean, hey, sign sign me up. I don't exactly. have dementia. Yeah. And so that's how it all really came about. And after tons and tons of research, there are a couple, just a couple of studies that have been released here in the U.S. around nursing home patients and the fact that they didn't have to use as much medication with them if they had dolls and doll therapy was was implemented. And so I really studied that. And then I got to work ordering baby dolls because I don't know about you, your listeners, when I was a child and I wanted a baby doll, mom took me to Toys R Us or I looked in the Sears catalog and circled it and we went <laughs> yep. bought it. And there were rows and rows and aisles of dolls. Yeah, never not, thought not of that, that world you know? anymore. Yeah. And so, you know, if, if you go somewhere to buy a baby doll, um, it's usually Disney themed or Barbie themed or, or something like that. And so um, we ordered close to probably 40 dolls before I landed on the doll that I wanted to use for the project. If you Google dolls for dementia therapy, a million different things come up and there's a lot of different options out there. I did, wasn't really pleased with what was out there. And so I kind of stepped outside the box and thought, you know, what did Nanny love to cuddle? And I, that's what I need to find and recreate. And so that's what we did. And we also had to find something that was cost effective because we're a nonprofit. And so, you know, we can't take reborn baby dolls that are $160 and, and mm -hmm. give hundreds and now thousands of them away. It's, it just doesn't make sense. So finding the dolls was very hard, took a long time, but we found them. And then the first time that we took some dolls in, I wound up standing in the corner crying like a mess of a puddle mm -hmm. of tears because it was it was like just presenting to Nanny all over again. That's so know? amazing. Well, and so the it's baby really just dolls. A organic thing the way yeah. it came about. <laughs> I, I love I love how it's all worked out. And I know a couple of things. One, you started in Houston and now you're in mm -hmm. Dallas, so you brought mm -hmm. it here. And we'll talk a little more about other areas of the country mm -hmm. where you are, you know, reaching out. But I love one about the purpose, because I think yeah. people forget that, that even though you have dementia, it's just a human innate need to have a purpose. And and people forget that. And I've also, and I'm sure you've run across, I've had some people say to me, oh, I, I don't want my mom or grandma holding a doll, you know, that's just silly or whatever. And it's like, you know, that's your reality. But if it's going to bring them peace and comfort and joy, why would you deny that? So um, I think that's so, so important not to let that get in your way of, of mm -hmm. taking care of your family member. And then the other thing, back to the baby dolls, because I loved how you told me, you know, in your research for a doll, you looked for one that had the, you know, felt like a newborn mm -hmm. in the, mm -hmm. the weight of it. And I've held one of the babies and it does feel like a newborn. It's very cuddly. Um, I'm going to have to get my own baby. <laughs> <laughs> but, and you can have a baby on board sign on your car. There you oh, go. my gosh. And I do drive a minivan now. Oh, my Lord. Perfect. So that would be just perfect. Yeah, put a little car seat in there. <laughs> just kidding. That would be a little far. But um, anyhow, but you talked about that, you know, you looked at things like being able to wipe their faces and, and, and clean them. But so tell a little more about how you determined this baby and about, yeah. you know, what you do when you receive the baby. Yeah. So the babies that we use are um, they, they do have weight to them. So we mm -hmm. receive them and we unpack them. Um, we order them in bulk, as you can imagine. We unpack them. They come in doll clothes. We strip the doll clothes off of them. They immediately get a newborn diaper on and uh, they get a 
newborn size clothing. Mm -hmm. So it was important to me, number one, I knew that, I mean, I think, you know, most people that kind of work in our environment or that have had a relative in any type of community-based environment, um, you've seen someone carrying a baby doll around. Mm -hmm. And usually it's like a little lady in a wheelchair with this little doll. And it's one of those really hard plastic dolls. With my experience in assisted living and hospice and all of that, I knew that the dolls had to be very soft because of skin tears. Obviously, as seniors Mm -hmm. age, then their skin begins to thin. And so I knew that the silicone of the dolls had to be very soft and I did not want like a hard plastic doll. I wanted a certain size and believe it or not, the dolls are, our dolls are 20 inches long and that is a very hard size to find. Really? Because most dolls are much smaller. They're like Mm -hmm. 14 inches. And so, you know, we kind of played with that back and forth and I went with a bigger doll and primarily because seniors have poor eyesight. True. And I wanted mm-hmm. them to have a big, cute face to stare at. <laughs> and so I, I needed a doll that could be wiped down for sanitary purpose purposes in the communities or in the home. And um, I did not want a doll with hair because the hair always winds up matted yeah. and nasty. And as people with dementia, as the disease progresses, things begin to be put in the mouth. And some patients get very mouthy and and you know, become fascinated with putting things in their mouth. And so I didn't want hair on the dolls. Um, I did not want dolls that had eyes that blinked um, because, I mean, I remember having dolls as a child and it didn't matter how expensive the doll was or how great the doll was. If the eyes blinked over a matter of time, one eye was going to get stuck shut and one eye was going to get stuck open. And, and it's thought, winking at you, right? Yeah. Now <laughs> yeah. that's, that's like a, it could lead to an obsessive behavior of picking up the eye. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I knew that's not going to work. And um, then I knew that it, the body of the doll had to be squishy. And so we finally found them and they all are delivered with a brand newborn diaper on, just like a baby. And they have brand new clothes on and the little girls have a big bow and the little boys have a hat. And <laughs> I had one just this week and I was in a community and I had my back. Um, against the front door and a gentleman walked in and he came up and he was looking around me and he goes, oh my gosh, is that a real baby? And I said, um, I said, well, I don't know. You tell me. And so they're very lifelike. The backs of their neck even have a little fat roll, mm-hmm. you know, like a little baby. Their heads are a little wobbly and, and they've got little wrinkles on their feet and their hands. And so um, they absolutely are perceived to be real. Mm-hmm. No and doubt. You, you give a lot of thought to the clothing also. A lot. Um, People always ask us, you know, can I donate clothing? And I always say, thank you, but no, it's super appreciated. But we actually handpick each outfit that we use due to texture and touch. Because as, again, dementia progresses, texture and touch become a heightened sense. And so that is why you'll often see people with more advanced dementia picking at their clothing or picking at their sheets, or they have just this restlessness about Mm -hmm. them. And so we always make sure that there's um, a soft texture and touch to the clothing. And um, I'm really careful about um, buttons. We don't use anything with a button because if a button comes off, mm-hmm. it can it's going to the mouth. mouth. And there's really a lot of thought and research that went behind the dolls. People sometimes will tell me, well, I'll just buy our own dolls. And I'm like, well, you can do that. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, sure. I mean, absolutely. You can do that. But there's a lot to consider (laughs) and there's a lot to take into um, account with the babies as well. So they're just cute and adorable. And I wanted a a cheerful 
chunky baby. And, and it that's is. They're so and cute. It's really, it was, it's, they're really hard. It was really hard to find a cheerful, chunky, fat-cheeked baby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you can get the babies in different ethnicities, which is yes. important as well. So, mm-hmm. um, and I just shared before this started that I want to get a baby to take around just to show people when I'm out marketing or in communities. And my kids are adopted and I would love a little Asian baby girl and my daughters can think I've lost my mind, but (laughs) (laughs) I think that would be absolutely adorable. And these, I feel like you have to see the babies and because I had Mm -hmm. heard about the project, but once I saw one of the babies and held it, I'm like, this is like a real baby. I mean, it's very comforting. So, um, so I, I, I get it and I appreciate all the work that you've done to find just the right doll. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, you know, the all inclusivity really came from my teenager, my daughter. She said, Mom, you've got to make sure that you're looking at dolls that span different ethnicities. And I, I was like, oh, my God, you know, I was just excited mm-hmm. to finally find the chunky, cute baby. Yeah. And I was like, oh, wow, this is going to be harder than I thought, because now I have to find this doll in a Hispanic baby and an Asian baby and an Indian baby. And so we did it though. We, we found them. They have different facial expressions, but we have them. So um, mm-hmm. Caucasian, African-American, Asian, Hispanic, Middle Eastern. And so, yeah, you know, we, we covered the gamut. Yeah. And, um, That's awesome. You yeah, found them. Boys all. and girls. So mm-hmm. it's, um, it's adorable. They're, yeah. they're so cute. They're so That's cute. That's amazing. So I know, okay, we mentioned that you started in Houston. You're now in mm-hmm. Dallas. What other states have you brought the project to? Several, actually. So I am from Houston originally, so that's obviously where the project was launched. And then I relocated to Dallas, so I brought it with me. But to launch the project, really all I need is a point person somewhere. Mm-hmm. So I get requests all the time, you know, from all different states now that the project's grown some. Um, can we bring it here? And I'm like, sure, you want to head it up? <laughs> because everything is done. And so I'm very blessed that we've got people in Florida and Kentucky, California, in a few places in California. We've got babies in Arizona. And so whenever someone reaches out about the project and, you know, a lot of times a memory care place will reach out to me, I'll say, um, yeah, let's, let's do it. And I'll kind of walk them through the process and, and kind of talk to them about the training that goes along with it and everything. Mm -hmm. And we don't turn down a request. If somebody wants a baby, we're going to get them a baby. They Mm -hmm. need 10 babies. I've got 40 going out in two weeks to one place. So this is crunch time from October to December. Mm -hmm. We'll send out um, close to just a thousand babies just in this time frame of the year. You know, we're always stocking our inventory (laughs) and it, it would be great to have babies shipped elsewhere. That's what I kind of laugh and tell. I I call them delivery specialists. Um, (laughs) My delivery specialist, you know, in other states, I'm like, hey, I'm sending 25 to your address. Get ready. You know, you're going to have your boxes piled up on your porch. So lots of babies, um, (laughs) lots of babies. And it's um, it's simple. And I train um, my delivery specialists, you know, that are away from me. Um, and I vet them really, really well to make sure that the integrity and the dignity mm-hmm. of the project stays and, um, in my grandmother's honor. What we didn't mention, and I do want to talk about this, is that obviously if someone is home caring for a family member with dementia, they can get a baby. Absolutely. But the other part of the project, which I absolutely love, is that the community, so like a memory care community you will do like you get sponsors for the baby. So the mm-hmm. no one ever has to pay for the baby doll. It's Correct. in a community. Correct. So sponsors Correct. will, you know, sponsor a baby. And then you do training in the memory care. 
And Mm -hmm. then you have a baby shower to deliver the babies, which I think is so adorable. So let's talk a little bit about that. Yeah. So the training to me is, is critical because if the staff does not understand the purpose of the doll or how to include the baby in different activities and different things like that, how to utilize the baby with different behaviors, the resident's never going to get the the most benefit. The resident's just going to sit and hold the baby. Mm -hmm. That's it. So all you've done is you've delivered some cute dolls and cute clothes. And so we have a pretty intensive training the staff goes through and it's very engaging, lots of engagement and back and forth and I make them hold babies. And for example, you are walking through the unit and you're holding a baby doll by its arm. That's going to upset a resident. Mm-hmm. So you have to like really be in the presence of mind when you're carrying the babies. You need to carry the baby like a newborn baby. Mm-hmm. And if a baby falls off the couch, that can upset someone. Of course. And so, you know, you really have to consider a lot of different things. And then obviously introducing the babies during different types of behaviors and things like that. So for me, in the beginning, I didn't give a whole lot of thought to the training because I really was kind of like, you just give them the baby. Mm-hmm. But then as I started revisiting where we had given babies, I was finding more and more that the babies were either in a closet or they weren't being utilized or it wasn't baby time. And I was like, okay, well, that's, that's not what we wanted at all. Mm-hmm. And so back to the research, you know, and um, so we developed the training and, and once the caregiver staff is trained, they get a delivery specialist certificate that they're certified delivery specialist for the grand baby project. And um, then we have a baby shower. So it's usually about a week apart. We'll have a baby shower because depending on how many caregivers or staff are in a, in a community, you know, we have to train in multiple sessions or whatever. Um, but then we do the baby shower. So the baby shower is where the residents are presented with their baby. And if you go on our Facebook or you go on our uh, website, you'll see tons of pictures and videos and just amazing kinds of things. So all I ask the community is that they decorate like they're having a baby shower. Mm-hmm. So it's use your imagination. The activity directors love it. I'm like, decorate, decorate, decorate. So it's, it's a boy, it's a girl. And we do a lot of social media announcements leading up to the baby shower. And we'll say things like the grandbabies are coming mm-hmm. at, you know, Oxford Glen or, you know, wherever so that the community gets some recognition for implementing a whole new project. And it really is implementing a dementia doll therapy part of your project in memory Mm -hmm. care. And so the baby shower is so fun. We bring all the residents together in memory care and I walk in, the sponsors come and we have a few volunteers. The staff's already been trained how to present the babies. And so they're super helpful. And uh, we present babies to residents. And we never force a baby on anyone. If a resident is a little uh, kind of standoffish or, you know, just kind of gives us an odd look or whatever and doesn't want to hold a baby, then that's fine. We let them participate. We don't we don't push, but we leave a baby for them because tomorrow when everybody has their babies, <laughs> they're going to want a baby. And, I love uh, that I you that. do that. Yeah. I and learned then, that the hard way because yeah. I would get phone calls and I said, can you bring three babies? Those people that didn't want them yesterday, I'm like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> I was driving everywhere around Houston delivering babies again a second time. And, and you said so, even the men want a baby too. Oh my gosh, yeah. the men. Mm. The men are, they just touch your heart. Yeah. So women go, you know, innately and in instinct, it's in our instinct to um, hold and bond and cuddle. 
Mm-hmm. And so the, the women will start to hold the babies very close to them or put them up on their shoulder to burp them. The nonverbal will start to hum and sing and make sounds with the baby. The men go in play mode. I mean, they are like <laughs> trotty horse and patty cake and singing to them and, you know, peekabooing and they mm-hmm. go immediately into play. Mm-hmm. And so it's so cool to see the men, how they're interacting with their doll versus how the women are. Because the women are very motherly mm-hmm. and just, it's just our instinct, right? Yeah. And the men, they just want to play. They, they, they have a play buddy now and they love it. And they go to talking and talking and talking. Typically, the men are um, a little more, I would say, definitely a little more territorial over their baby than the women. Really? It's, it's fascinating to me. Yes. So interesting. And it's very interesting. And, um, you know, I tell communities, invite family members, and, and I try to speak if there's an upcoming family night. I'll try to speak at that family night or have one of our volunteers speak about what's to come and what the project means. And, you know, you, I don't think a community would ever want, some, you know, a family member walking in going, why are there all these dolls here? I didn't sure. know a doll there, you mm-hmm. know? And so, you know, it's a whole educational process, but the men are very, very, <laughs> very, very all about their babies. So typically mm-hmm. we give women little girl dolls and men get little boy dolls. And so, you know, they're dressed in a little, little baseball outfit and a little hat or something cute. And um, it's adorable, but you know, no one knows the residents like the staff. And I'll share a story with you. We were doing a baby shower and I was very familiar with this particular memory care. And I was very pretty familiar with their residents there. And there was this one gentleman, his very advanced dementia. He was not very verbal um, at the time, but he was he was always up and moving. I mean, he mm-hmm. was moving and he was he was fun to interact with. He still smiled and, and laughed and so I knew going in that he would love his baby. I was like, oh, you know, he's just going to love it. And so I gave him a, a little boy and he took it from me. And there was just a flat affect. Mm-hmm. And I was just kind of like, well, that went over like a left balloon. <laughs> <laughs> and so everybody else is enjoying their babies and he's just kind of sitting there lost. Mm-hmm. And so I asked his caregiver, I said, I'm so surprised at his reaction. Mm-hmm. I just thought that he would love this. And sh- her response to me was, well, I mean, you gave him a boy and he raised four girls. Oh, my goodness. I was like, oh, my God, grab him a baby girl. Uh-huh. And he didn't know what to do with the boy. He was like, yeah. And so we gave him the girl, a baby girl, and everything changed uh-huh. I mean, immediately. I mean, he was like, you know, trying to say her name, one of his daughter's uh-huh. names. And I mean, it was just precious. I mean, mm-hmm. it was it was amazing. You know, we try to ask the communities about a little about each resident. As we grow bigger and bigger, it's harder to get that specialized and customized. Mm-hmm. So have implemented into the training around if you need to change out dollars or if we need to make some changes a week into programming, just reach out, let me know, and we'll do that so that residents will get the most benefit out of the baby. Mm-hmm. I know one of the stories you had shared was there was a lady who was nonverbal and she got her baby and she started singing um, Jesus Loves Me yes, to the it's baby. On our face, it's on our Facebook page. It is so beautiful. Unbelievable. And so what is so interesting about her is that um, she, what we did that shower, I, I prefer to do baby showers around 10 in the morning or two in the afternoon because that is when residents are most alert. Mm-hmm. Um, and this this shower was actually much later in the day. 
and the residents were very tired. And um, it, it still wound up to be great, but I knew that we were going to have some that was like they're ready to go to bed. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. they're sleepy. And she was in her wheelchair, dead asleep at the table. They brought her, uh-huh. brought everybody into like this little dining area, and then you know, they were all in their wheelchairs or chairs around the dining tables. And she had just fallen dead asleep, bless her heart. And so um, one of our volunteers went and just tapped her on the shoulder and she kind of woke up and looked up at him and he handed her the baby mm-hmm. and started, you know, would you like to hold the baby? And her eyes just lit up. And then um, one of our volunteers, he was actually singing like children's hymns. Mm-hmm. And so he started singing, Jesus loves me. And she has the baby front and center, almost as close to her little face as she can get her. And she is singing, Jesus loves me. Oh. And she's singing Jesus loves the little children. And everybody is like, oh, she's really seeing like you can understand what she's yeah. saying. And it, it it gives me chills. And so mm-hmm. there's always moments in a baby shower where I'm always taken aback. Mm-hmm. And that was definitely one of the moments that day. I mean, all of us just kind of looked at each other. and We just shake our head. I mean, it's just a God thing. You know, it I'm is. just like, thanks, Nanny. I know you did that. <laughs> you know, that was for you. And um to see that now she has purpose mm-hmm. and that she she has her little baby and and now that baby goes with her everywhere she goes mm-hmm. you know and and she has purpose to wake up every day and um, we teach the staff how to work with different activities we give them a lot of different activities that can be done in a group setting or in a one on one setting. For example, a patient with advanced dementia can take 30 minutes to change a newborn diaper. Yeah. We think of all the steps sure. and the baby's not moving. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and people ask, do your babies make noise? And they do not. Mm-hmm. I didn't want babies that made noise. And, no, uh, that could freak someone out. Yeah, yeah, I didn't want that. And so, um, you know, different activities to keep them engaged, I think, is important. And so we usually take diapers too, um, extra diapers for everybody. And just to know that you know, we've impacted her. I mean, things in her little world look very different now. Mm -hmm. And that's the whole purpose of the project. And with your training, I mean, so you're making sure, like you said, in the beginning, everyone was happy, got their doll, yay. And then the dolls kind of tossed aside. So Mm -hmm. in the training, you help them implement into like every each day, some doll therapy. So everyone is interacting with their dolls. So do they do like little circle time with the dolls or it's just uh, different types of activities? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or um, I'll meet with the activity director and the executive director and say, let's take a look at your calendar and your programming throughout the day. And where can we make some adjustments or where can we put in some doll time? And, you know, what does that look like? And um, they're typically communities are fabulous at navigating all of that because their census or their population, then their numbers of people that they have kind of can change day to day, people moving in, people moving out, people dying, you know. And so I have a whole list of activities that can be done for the activity director to kind of work into her schedule. And so in communities, typically the day is very, very planned and, and pretty structured for the most part. So you know, like where they may sit around and do puzzles or something, I'll say, okay, this would be a great time to bring out the dolls. Mm -hmm. And, you know, communities will ask me, do the dolls, should they go to bed and sleep with the residents or should we have a place for them? And I leave that up to the community. A lot of communities, once they have the doll program, they will create a nursery 
That's and so cute. <laughs> I, I love that. And mm-hmm. and my first thing to them is, well, if you don't have rocking chairs, you need to get rocking chairs. Mm-hmm. Like you don't have to go buy a crib, but get rocking chairs because there's gonna be a lot of rocking going on. <laughs> and um it's just innate. It's just of what course. what we do. And so um I typically will say it's my preference, um, now that I'm much more educated in the field, that the babies go to sleep somewhere at night and not with the resident. Mm-hmm. Um, and if the resident rolls over or has an accident or, you know, anything like that, and you don't want the resident to wake up in the middle of the night and forget the baby is there and then remember, there's yeah. just all kinds of things. So I say that it's the community's preference. However, if they want to work, you know, um, putting the babies down into their daily schedule, then mm-hmm. it's a great exercise to do. Yeah. So all the babies kind of go into their places. We're winding down for the night. We've had our dinner. Now it's time to get settled in for bed. We got to put the babies to bed. Everybody put the babies to bed. And so it it can really just become um, part of just the daily daily routine, taking the babies outside. I'm like, get a stroller, get a wagon, mm-hmm. put all the babies in the wagon and let's go walk. Yeah. Um, for those that are, you know, much more mobile. And, you know, if I walk into a memory care and they're all just sitting in front of a TV in their wheelchairs, I'm like, they need babies. Mm-hmm. They don't understand. They're just, they're just watching movement on a TV. And, yeah. I mean, let's have music time with babies, you know. Exactly. So, there's so many different things that you can do, but I think that that is um, really the difference between just, you know, dropping off cute dolls and just whole. I never dreamed that it would come and, Kind of develop into this whole programming but it has and mm-hmm. so we actually even have a are working on finalizing the only dementia doll therapy ceu for nurses and social workers oh, and cool. so doll therapy is just so new here it doesn't exist and mm-hmm. so we'll have that at the beginning of next year oh that's wonderful and yeah. you know what i think it all comes back to what you said about purpose if you have your doll and it's it's bedtime and everyone is getting their babies ready and getting them in the nursery, um, you know, however they have that set up, you know, that's just sort of also like cueing them that it's time for me to get ready for bed. So uh-huh. you don't have any kind of, you know, issue, which sometimes you can have, you, you know, do, in, yeah. in my grandmother would go three or four days and not sleep. Mm-hmm. I mean, she mm-hmm. just insomnia is a real battle with mm-hmm. some patients that have dementia and and I could walk into her room and look at the bags under her eyes and, and know that she hadn't slept in three or four nights and she wouldn't uh-huh. sleep during the day. And so I was like, and I remember asking her doctor, how can she keep going? I, I don't understand. How does she just keep going mm-hmm. and not just fall asleep? I mean, and he said, it's just a part of the mind. You know, it just, it just does not stop. Mm-hmm. And so those routines become really, really important. And mm-hmm. so it was very helpful to tell her it was time to put the baby to bed because that's any types of, sleep medication or antipsychotic medication, anti-anxiety medication had a reverse effect on her. And so it didn't work. So things like um, Haldol or Seroquel that are used so often today, yeah. um, she couldn't use. I mean, that it, it, she climbed the walls. And so we were really out on our own trying to figure, figure out how can we get her to rest, even if it's just sitting and mm-hmm. holding the baby. To us, those were moments of rest for her because she was so anxious all the time. Would so, she fall asleep sometimes holding the mm-hmm. baby? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just that yeah. whole comfort. And then mm-hmm. also, you know, in, in the morning, getting the residents up, getting them ready. I could see where it'd be a huge benefit to say, you know, good morning. We have to get you ready so you can go get your baby. And, you know, mm-hmm. do you have like mm-hmm. bottles and stuff for the babies too? So we. what's really interesting is 
usually some of our sponsors will say, can I donate bottles or pacifiers or, you know, blankets or whatever. And I'm like, sure, you know, bring it to the shower. And so, um, and a lot of times the community will, will start gathering those types of things mm-hmm. in anticipation of the project. And there'll be a point in the baby shower that we will say, okay, who wants to feed their baby? And we'll bring out like the basket of bottles. Aww. And everybody's like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. <laughs> you know, it's like, wow, they get so excited. And, uh, I, you know, their little hands are kind of going crazy uh-huh. and they're ready to feed the baby. So mm-hmm. it's so sweet. It's so fun. And, yeah. you know, there's always back to those family members who, you know, aren't necessarily all bought in. You know, there's always a family member or a couple at the shower that will say, you know, they'll pull me aside and they're like, you're, you know, you're the project person. I'm like, yeah. And it's usually the daughters. Mm-hmm. No offense. I'm a daughter too. Uh, <laughs> but they're like, I, I don't think that my mother is going to want to do this. And I don't really... Um, like the idea of her playing with a baby doll all day. And mm-hmm. I'll say, I'll ju- I just simply say, okay. Yeah. And I just say, can we try? Will you just let me try? And if you say no, that's fine. Sure. Because the daughter is not going to watch everybody else get a baby and her mom not. Mm-hmm. She's eventually going to Of gonna course, try, especially right? if her so, mom's like, I want a baby. Yeah. And <laughs> so I'll out. say, do you mind if I just try? And she'll say, yeah, you, you know, usually it's even, even sons. Yeah, you can try, but my dad is not going to want that doll. Mm-hmm. And I'll say, okay. And it's all in, I think, the presentation. And so usually that son or that daughter is just kind of standing in the corner with their mouth wide open. Like they're like, <laughs> I, oh, I don't even know what to say. Like my mom hates children. I'm like, yeah, it's different. <laughs> it's just different. It's so different. So I just say, let's try. And um, I also tell staff and families if, if someone purchases a doll for a loved one at home um, and they get an instruction kit. You know, if you purchase off the website, just one baby, I send you a whole instruction um, guidelines and things on how to introduce the baby and different activities that you can do at home with your loved one. You know, I always say if today they don't want the baby, reintroduce in tomorrow or a couple of days or a couple of weeks Mm -hmm. from now, because there will come a time they probably will want the baby. Yeah. And if it's not now, that's okay. That's Mm -hmm. that's fine. You know, it's it's not earth shattering. Um, but feel confident in reintroducing the baby. Mm-hmm. And typically, I've never had someone, and I mean, it, I'm sure it's happened, but I've never had someone reach back out to me and say they never wanted the baby. So, you know, it's, it's an individual mm-hmm. thing, but usually they've become very, very attached to the baby. And at the shower, they get to name their baby. Oh, <laughs> So it's very interesting because a lot of them will name them after their own children, of mm-hmm. course, common. Um, depending on where they are in their stage of dementia, you may get a great, you, you may get a name like Lori or Tanya or Cindy or Mary or Beth, or you may get elephant, you know, you didn't yeah. you you mm-hmm. know. And so mm-hmm. we just go with what we get. Mm-hmm. And we're like, oh my gosh, baby Mary is so beautiful. Tell me about her. And then they'll start, you know, pointing to their eyes. And some mm-hmm. of our little babies have teeth that mm-hmm. are coming in and they'll say, she's Shit. getting her teeth. Did you see she got her teeth? And I mean, they just go right into it. I mean, yeah. you, there's there's no there's no um, prompting whatsoever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they just go right into mommy mode or daddy mode. There's one I think you were telling me where the lady was presented with her baby, and she's like, "I've been waiting for you." I've and been waiting like, for you. Oh, oh my I've heart! I've been waiting for you. Yeah, we, um, yeah. I've been waiting for you. It gives me chills. Yeah. Or um, people will start saying thank you god and i'm just oh. like oh my gosh i'm a wreck in the corner like oh, oh my god that. yeah i would be bawling uh, you know <laughs> I, I yeah and i'm like okay get it together get it together one of the neatest and the pictures are on 
I think they're on Facebook, but one of my favorite stories I'll share, we went into a memory care unit with about 25 people. And when you're delivering 25 babies, you need a lot of help because mm-hmm. we do, we do it very one-on-one. And so it can, there, there can be a lot of commotion. And so I walked in and there were these two ladies sitting beside each other on this very, very small love seat. And one of the caregivers looked up at me and noticed we were kind of getting ready to start. And she says, wait, 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 we have to separate them. We have to separate them. And I didn't, I didn't understand. Mm. I was like, I'm looking around like, what, what's happening? And I'm like, what? And she said, those two ladies, they can't be together. They fight, they fight, they, they scratch each other and they bite. Oh my goodness. And I was like, oh gosh. And so I just instinctively, I, I guess I just grabbed a baby and another volunteer grabbed a baby and we gave them babies. We mm-hmm. like, like to hold the baby and we just gently put, place babies in their arms. And no kidding, for easily 30 minutes, the whole time, 30 to 45 minutes, the shower's going on. These two ladies who are nonverbal are sitting with their babies trying to talk to each other in their garbly, garbly, garbly spaghetti talk about their babies. The caregivers in the community were blown away. They were like, they can never be together because they fight. They Uh fight over everything. And the executive director came in and she was just shocked. (laughs) And um, I said, you guys need videos and pictures of this to show their Mm -hmm. families. And I just kind of stood back and I was like, you know, they looked like two new moms sitting on a park bench, comparing their newborns. That's so beautiful. I mean, and and they were just like, you know, eye and nose and and they were, and they would, you know, touch each other's baby and Mm -hmm. like kiss each other's baby. And I I mean, we were away, but it just took them both back to a time of they had their little babies and they Mm -hmm. were so proud of them. And, you know, they were like pointing to their little bows on their hairs, two little girls. And it, it's so so sweet and to think that in that moment had we not intercepted that very moment Mm -hmm. those two ladies would have probably could have injured each other or just one got a baby and the other didn't you know so they got at the same time it could have just resulted in in you know another fight between them Mm -hmm. and now they're like just two moms with babies Mm mm-hmm and I think it's interesting yeah so I mean I guess it just takes you back to those memories, which are obviously like very strong, positive memories for most moms. I mean, for myself, yes. that's like my favorite time is when my kids were little. Yes. So it just takes you right back to that. And those emotions and feelings and everything just come back, just like you're mm-hmm. a new mom again. Mm-hmm. And sometimes people will say, caregivers will say, um, you know, I don't know if Miss So-and-so will want a baby. She never had children. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, well, let's, we just try. We yeah, just try with everybody. Sure. And, um, or I have had, we, we did have one lady, there's always someone, and I don't know why it's so crazy to me. There's always someone, and it can be a man or a woman that wants two. Mm -hmm. There's always someone who wants two babies. And so we all, we bring extra, um, because we know that someone's going to want two. We had a lady and she wanted two. And so the staff was like, oh no, you can't have two. And I'm like, yes, yes. We bring Mm -hmm. clinics. She can have two. She wanted a boy and a girl. Give her a boy and a girl. Give her what she wants. And so she named them after her own kids. And mm-hmm. I, I don't remember the little girl's name, but I, I very specifically remember the little boy was Jack. Mm-hmm. And um, her children, both her son died in uh, Vietnam 
and her daughter oh. was killed in a car accident. I learned this much oh later. Oh my I didn't know. gosh, I have chills. She had very tragic losses of her children. Yeah. And she was so happy that day. It, it was like she'd been handed these newborns. Oh my gosh. Did she and name them after her kids? Yes. Oh yes. She gosh. named them. And I was, I was, I was a little taken aback because mm -hmm. I thought, is this going to be a negative? Yeah. You know? Oh no. She mm -hmm. loves, loves her babies. Yeah. And so it was so uplifting to me because several weeks later, the community posted some pictures of residents being outside, doing an outside activity or sitting outside, enjoying the weather or whatever. And she had both of her babies with her. Oh. And I was like, that's when I know that the, the community is really taking yeah. the project serious because, mm -hmm. you know, I'll see pictures of, um, you know, especially this summer. So I had, I was online and I saw a picture of, um, one of the communities we had the project at and there was a little, the residents were outside eating watermelon and I, and the babies were out there with them. And I was like, <laughs> well, they took their babies eat watermelon this afternoon, you know, and, um, it's, it's just pretty amazing. And I'll tell you, it's interesting too. Doctors are blown away by it mm -hmm. because a lot of times there are several times, um, the communities will have their doctor rounding or their nurse practitioner rounding. And they're like, what is this? And I'm like, look, I've got studies and I'll send you. Yeah. And doctors will say, can you, I would love to have a baby for my office um, just oh. to have in the waiting room that says, yeah. you know, with a QR code, learn about dementia doll therapy because mm -hmm. um, doctors are very regulated with medication these days and what they mm -hmm. can prescribe and what they can't prescribe. And so you're starting to see more and more therapeutic things come into the dementia world that we've used with kids that are becoming more and more popular. And so I think that dementia doll therapy will gain a lot of momentum. Mm -hmm. I've never, well, I never say never. I have walked into some communities that have their own dementia programming mm -hmm. and they don't use dolls. I'll just leave it. They don't, they don't, yeah. they're of the other uh, mindset, which is fine mm -hmm. because as long as, as long as residents have purpose, there's a million ways to give someone purpose. Exactly. And so um, it's not that they're right or wrong. It's just a different way of doing it. But, but be normally, doing something. Yes. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and normally nine times out of 10, people are like, how do we get this? How mm -hmm. soon? And so the thing, the only thing that slows us down is getting the bulk quantity of dolls. Mm -hmm. I mean, we will be at a point in a very short while that we'll have to order containers. I can't even imagine like a, a container of, you know, a, a thousand babies at a time. Are they delivered to your house? Yes. Yes. Oh so gosh. they are. They are. My neighbors are like, it's the dolls came today. Um, so I drive up and my poor Amazon guys and they're just, or UPS, just, they're just like, oh, dear Lord. Um, the UPS guy, he's like, Tanya. I'm like, I know there's more coming. I'm sorry. Um, and so, and then, you know, I'll have them delivered to uh, other delivery specialists too. So the Houston dolls go to Houston, Dallas come to me mm -hmm. and, and other, states states take other places, but mm -hmm. we do a lot in the Dallas area. I mean, we've, mm -hmm. we've put a lot of babies out just since May. It's, it's unbelievable wow. to me. We launched yeah. in Dallas in May in the Dallas and Fort Worth, North Texas area. That's amazing. Well, and I know I saw it online and then I saw someone at a networking meeting, uh, Mary Greer, who carries her mm -hmm. baby around and she's right. named and was in a cute little Halloween costume. So yep. <laughs> we always dress them for the season. Yes. And so um, baby showers in December are fun because all the babies are dressed in Christmas little outfits. Oh, and I always try to get the community to find someone to dress up like Santa Claus to join yeah. us at the baby showers. And so you know, that's just so memorable. I mean, mm -hmm. it's so, so cute. Question, like, how much do the babies cost? Yeah, yeah. So 
if you are one of our sponsors at one of our events, so whenever, the way that it kind of works is once a community expresses interest, and, and a, community can, a community can find out about us in a million different ways, either mm-hmm. online or through um, people like you or people, mm-hmm. you know, that are in and out of communities, whatever. So we, we do a lot of networking for, for the nonprofit. So communities can find out about us in a lot of different ways. And once I connect with the community, you know, and they're vetted and kind of figure out, okay, we want to do this. We want to move forward. I start asking the community, who are some of your favorite vendors that you work with from a healthcare perspective? Who's your hospice company? Who's your home health? Who is, you know, who does what for you? Mm-hmm. And would you like them to participate? And the answer is always yes. So I, we start reaching out to those vendors, basically, those other healthcare people. And we say, would you like to sponsor a doll? You can sponsor one or 10 um, for this upcoming baby shower. And they learn about the project. And um, sometimes they'll buy one or two or however many. And so if we're doing bulk deliveries, the sponsorship costs are very low. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's between 40 and $50 a doll. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's very low. And so if you just go online and a single person in you know, Tempe, Arizona wants a doll, there are several different classes that you can choose from. And when I say classes, I mean, you can figure out how much information and training you want with your doll and their mm-hmm. price. To- so when we're delivering 30 and 40 at a time and we're using sponsors, um, the costs are much lower than if just one person is buying a doll and we're shipping it because we're paying for shipping and we're paying for all mm-hmm. of this follow-up that we're doing with them and all of that good kind of stuff. So, but you know, the bottom line is we never say no. We try to never say no. I get requests, you know, and I get emails a lot that say we just, we can't afford it. Yeah. And, and so we are always fundraising. And mm-hmm. so we always fundraise for those situations because we're just not going to tell someone no. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm a pushover. Like I want everybody <laughs> If if I get you know so if I hear of someone or that is someplace or like mm-hmm. a, a skilled nursing facility that has a lot of memory care people in Medicaid beds and, and yeah. there's no budget there's there's nothing then we we intercept and we make sure and I get sponsors and get to work and we make sure that those folks get babies. That's wonderful. And I know this project like truly speaks to my heart because my grandmother had dementia and. You know, and just working in senior living so long. And I I know when we talked earlier, I really want to help you grow this on my side. And Dallas is huge. So where, yeah, where huge. I am in Dallas, I want to really help you to grow this and start talking about it. So like I said, I'm going to get my own baby and start bringing yes. her around and yes. introducing the project. Um, Absolutely. For people to learn more about it, can you give us your website? Like what's the sure. best way to contact you? Yeah. So our website is www thegrandbabyproject.org, because we're a nonprofit, dot org. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on Facebook, we're huge on Facebook and, and Instagram, of course. It's just The Grand Baby Project. You can look us up. See and um, pictures and videos. Yeah, yeah. And we're on LinkedIn. So we pretty much have social media covered. And then to reach me, so I get tons of emails. You can just send an email to thegrandbabyproject at gmail.com. And that comes directly to me. Everything through the website comes through me. Facebook, I've got some moderators, but but you'll wind up with me. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so if anybody um, wants to help sponsor an event, donate to the cause, you can do all of that online. You can email me. There's, there's a bunch of different ways. We try to make it as simple and easy as possible. Mm-hmm. And I would love, I know you do too, but I would love to see this project grow to th- throughout our entire yes. country. And this podcast yes. goes through the, the whole U.S. So if you're yes. listening please reach out and get this started in your area. 
I would love that. I, I, w- mm-hmm. I would love for it to grow and for it to become a really big opportunity for yeah. people that are that truly suffer. I mean, yeah. the disease is sufferable. And the project, we're very blessed to be backed by the Dementia Society of America. Mm-hmm. Um, and they are a great organization that, that people should check out too. They were founded by a husband whose wife had early onset dementia, but she did not have Alzheimer's. Mm-hmm. And so people automatically think if you have dementia, you have Alzheimer's and vice versa. And that's not that not no. true. Mm-hmm. And so there are a lot of different types of dementia. Sometimes people will say, well, my mom doesn't have Alzheimer's, so I don't think that she would like a doll. And I'm like, oh, yeah, no, that's yeah. not true. Yeah. So, um, you know, don't let that stop you. But we're mm-hmm. going into uh, gift giving season. So it's National Giving Tuesday is okay. November 28th. Mm-hmm. And you'll see you'll see all about it online and you'll see things on our website and everything about Giving Tuesday. And, you know, I tell people you can give any any amount helps because, mm-hmm. you know, I had a little lady. um you tell me I can only give you like five or six dollars. And I was like, do you know how many diapers that is? Like, that's so appreciated. Yeah. You know, it Anything is so helps. appreciated. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Absolutely. And is, this is your big fundraiser. You do you do other fundraisers also throughout we do. the year? We do. We do all kinds of fun things. So anyone who's out there who is in marketing in the world of senior care, mm-hmm. um, there's so many fun outside marketing events you can do. So we've done things like bubbles and babies, champagne tasting, and dressed all the babies beautifully so that people can hold <laughs> the babies and, you know, done champagne t- tasting and people have donated um, or we'll like do a, a silent auction of dolls dressed beautifully and people can buy them. And so we, we do a lot of different things um, throughout the year, um, small events and big events. We've got some Kendra Scott things coming up. They love the project. Yeah. so. Great. You know, Kendra Scott has a big Kendra Gives Back campaign mm-hmm. where you can go into a store and a percentage goes back to nonprofit. We've got that going on um, in Houston soon. So, you know, we're open to doing just about anything to raise money for babies. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and you know what? I think it's important that you have people in healthcare that come and they actually hold a baby and they really yes. understand because I think that Absolutely. makes a big difference because, you know, I was learning about the project, but I'm like, not until I actually saw a baby in person and held it. I'm like, okay, yes, I get it. This now really I get does it. feel like a baby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you really have to um, um, hold the baby, see the baby, feel the baby, and feel that diaper underneath mm-hmm. the little outfit. You know, it yeah. just it just makes a difference. It just makes it a total difference. And 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 when I'm out and about with the baby, and if I just walk into a community. Um, usually the receptionist is like, let me, t- they'll take the baby immediately and they'll start, you know, like <laughs> swaying with the baby. Or yeah, with the baby or, it's just an automatic thing that, yeah. that we do. And so it's really a passion project. And I think my grandmother would be really happy and really proud. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I see her every time we do a yeah. baby shower or we do an event or I get mm-hmm. news that we, we've done an event in another city or something, another state. It's just, it's exciting. And it's something that you can do. I mean, when you really think about changing someone's life, it sounds crazy, but, and you think that this little doll could do that for someone that's living in a time that is so agitating, so confusing, so difficult for them, Mm -hmm. just those little moments of peace. And I think another reason communities love the project so much is because it buys caregivers time. Yeah. You know, 
COVID has changed healthcare and it has changed everything in senior care for sure. And we've not ever truly bounced back from a staffing perspective. Mm -hmm. So healthcare was never truly ultimately staffed fully ever. And and now it's even more difficult. So for a caregiver to sit, to be able to, to have a resident sit with a doll for just five or six minutes gives them the opportunity to go check on someone else Mm -hmm. and gives them the opportunity to give some attention to another resident while this one over here is safe. And And if you have people, yeah. And if they are not agitated, you're you're buying time that way too, because the time spent trying to calm someone who's very agitated and anxious. And, you know, I also like the perspective of not having to drug people up and medicate them. Mm-hmm. I mean, if there's another way to do it without having mm-hmm. them medicated, I, I think that's important. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And and keeping them kind of in the present. And the one thing that is so important about our clothing is like the touch and the feel are so important because it keeps the resident or the person engaged. Mm-hmm. And so if if it didn't feel good, the person would not be engaged. Mm-hmm. And so literally every little outfit, I mean, we're touching it, we're feeling it. And we we did a little round, we went through a little phase where a lot of our baby girls went out with leggings and tutus. Mm-hmm. And uh, oh my goodness, the ladies loved them and they would just you know run their fingers across <laughs> yeah. the little tutus. And I, I, I thought, oh, because I was like, oh, I'm not sure how the, the, the texture will be, but they, they loved it. And so mm-hmm. um, I always, family members will call and they'll go, well, what kind of clothes should I buy? And I'm like, well, if you've got a little girl, find a tutu because that's one thing that they love. Velvety, anything soft or velvety. Mm-hmm. Um, and know, just and newborn size. Newborn size. Yep. Newborn size. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Newborn size. Wonderful. So, and we purposefully put them in newborn baby clothes because um, real babies don't wear doll clothes. So, no. you know, our yeah. babies don't wear doll clothes. <laughs> that's, that's a real baby. <laughs> and they are so lifelike that I've been yelled at in the Target parking lot. <laughs> by another woman who thought I was actually leaving my baby in the car in the middle of summer. <laughs> and I'm just like, it's a doll. It's a doll. And I had to literally get the doll out and show her. And oh she was like, gosh. Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I was like, she's leaving this baby in this car. <laughs> <laughs> so now I, my baby's in the back seat with a, he's covered up with a blanket. Yeah. Cover the baby out. up. <laughs> yeah. Well, so. that's, it's wonderful. I love this project and you are just so honoring your grandmother Thank by, you. by doing this. It's absolutely beautiful. And um, we'll share all the information as well, um, you know, how people can reach out and be a part of this. And I hope your just your inbox just fills up with people all over the country wanting to yeah. be a part of this because it's oh. so important. So thank you so much, thank Tanya. You. I just appreciate yes. you coming on and sharing all your information. Oh, I'm delighted. And I would love nothing more than to get um, babies in more arms. That's, yeah. that's our goal. So thank you. We appreciate it. Sure. Thank you. (laughs) And thank you all for listening today. Um, Be sure to go to our website, which is lauriewilliams-seniorservices.com. And you can find more. We'll have more information there. And also on our social media, we'll be posting a lot of dolls and more information throughout the week so that you can learn more about the project. So be sure and share this with your friends and families and um, tune in next week. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.